Jackson. Are you ready? Yeah. Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Oh, man. We've got two big ones this weekend. Here we go. Out of bounds. 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We are streaming live for you on thezone1059.com. We want to thank you for listening to the show, to the station, and we appreciate you going to Apple Podcast and searching Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds or Spotify and searching Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. Uh, thanks for streaming the show in your office, when you're walking in your neighborhood, when you're exercising, whatever you're doing. We appreciate it. Uh, Ole Miss, Kentucky, 11 a.m. And Mississippi State and Texas A&M at 3 o'clock in Oxford and Stark, Vegas. And the towns will be packed by Friday afternoon. Um, one hell of a win for Southern Miss. Congratulations to Will Hall and his team. Uh, Southern Miss to the top. Big win over the Green Wave of Tulane, who are really, really, really well coached. It's a big win. You need it when you're grinding and building and and all that kind of stuff. Any kind of momentum, you'll take it. It's hard to win in high school, college, NFL. We saw that yesterday. You know, we had the Bills going 19-0, and then they didn't win. (laughs) So they're not going 19-0. And the Bills are good and well-coached and all that kind of stuff. Um, I did enjoy the red zone yesterday, and I thought it was spectacular. And the plays that are made with uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers in that league, just I just shake my head um, at what they can do. And the speed on the field in the NFL is good gravy. I mean, the closing speed, you know, like you catch a ball and you think you're open. The hitting power. Holy cow. I mean, mean, the licks that those dudes take. Yeah. God, they're incredible. And what's amazing is what the corners and safeties can do to you. Much less the, these edge rushers and linebackers like Demario Davis and so on. Yeah. And of course, you know, we've been talking about Micah Parsons who will play tonight against uh, Blake's New York Giants. And um, we'll see if Cooper, boy, that's a good pull. We'll see if Cooper Rush can, uh, uh, go two and zero as the starter for the Dallas Cowboys. Did you see the post that the Alabama? So we've had an Alabama fan trolling you all year because like Tua and Jalen are playing well because he's mad that Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma quarterback. <laughs> You're dang right. Shout out Lincoln Riley, baby. Yeah. Um, and so he tagged us again this morning because uh, there's an Alabama reporter, like a beat reporter or something, who was talking about Alabama people in the NFL, and he included Jalen Hurts, who's undefeated, Tua Tungavaloa. The Dolphins, who just got that big win over the Bills. And then he included Brian Dayball, <laughs> coach of the Giants, because he was an assistant at Alabama for a few years. <laughs> They'll claim anything. Yeah, we knew they will. Th- we knew they would claim titles that weren't real, but now they're claiming ties to people for half a second. Good. In- incredible. What a fan base. Oh, man. Only more, only more delusional than the ACC fans in our mentions. Clemson fans are upset with me. And that's okay. The show is brought to you by the amazing steaks at Kessler Prime and bourbon and wine selection, KesslerPrime.com, to make a reservation. 
located in the Renaissance. Um, Ribeyes, New York Strips, Filets, Porterhouse, Rack of Lamb, KesselPrime.com. Um, the show is also brought to you by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and award-winning DancingRabbitGolf.com. We'll be there um, Thursday. Thursday. That's right. We'll be there. Um, We're going to get you a better parlay this time. Yeah. We reached I didn't a little parlay. Too, Ohio State came in strong. Reached a little too far to the stars this, this yeah, time. I, I didn't know Georgia was going to sleepwalk. Probably could have guessed. Through Kent State and allow that to be close for Georgia standards. But uh, there was a lot of sleepwalking over the weekend, mm-hmm. and Georgia did not cover the 46. No. This felt like a, a survive and advance weekend. You know how, like, Two weeks ago, it was all the upsets, all the Sun Belt upsets. And look, Middle Tennessee still beat Miami, so there was still an upset. And Kansas State beat Oklahoma, not quite the same gap, but still an upset. But this felt a lot like there were good teams who just needed to get through a kind of a down week, right? Just yeah. get over an opponent that you're not really interested in. I mean, I'll even put Ole Miss and Kentucky in there. They're not to the Georgia-Ohio State level, but same thing. You just had to get past an opponent who wasn't that good. Right. And you needed to... Needed to do just enough to survive. Well, and as you and I discussed, with Leach in the air raid, I mean, there's a lot of things I could complain about with, with, you know, what they're doing. Um, but when you can throw the ball like that against an inferior opponent, it accentuates the talent differential, Blake. Correct. When you can throw it. Yep. And... Uh, when you speed the game up as yeah, opposed to slow it, it, it down. They just can't. So while I question Mississippi State's offensive line, um, yeah, I think their running backs are solid. Um, I think their receivers as a whole are obviously better than what they've had, but they had nowhere to go but up. But they don't have a dude. Um, and I'm que- I question their lack of speed and athleticism on defense. And they're... Anyway. Um, Will Rogers... And that air raid, when you can throw it, you just boat race an opponent like that. Whereas when they were a run-oriented program, you keep people around. You could get mixed up in a 24-14 game. Yep. Yep. And that's why they needed the the program needed to modernize. Yeah. And to be able to throw the football um and throw it. Well, it's not going to be all the time just because of the defenses you face, but Throw it at a high level a lot of the time. Every time outside of the Memphis and Rob game. And Rod just missed that. Uh, yeah. Will Rogers put that ball 30 yards down the field right on the money. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought outside of the Memphis game from that they lost last year, for the most part, the air raid, and you got to take 2020 out because the roster was 40 people. The air raid has put you in position to beat every team you're more talented in since it showed up in Starville. Right. Outside of you just absolutely wetting the bed against Memphis. Pretty much every other game outside of the twenty, you know, past the twenty twenty season. Memphis and Texas Tech, but that was a bowl. But game. bowl games are, yeah, I'm not. I mean, bowl games, whatever. Unless right. they're good bowl games, I don't think the teams give. You know, they don't care anymore. Your your air raid offense has given you. You came back against La Tech, which you never would have done with a run game. Came back against Auburn, which you never would have done with a run game. And now this year, you're putting yourself heads and tails above teams that sometimes you would have messed around and been closer with, right? a la the Arizona game on the road. Even with three turnovers, you're still winning by 22. Yeah. All that being said, after that's, I... W- that's the 
That's the ability to throw the football. Correct. Spread people out. Even if it's not the air raid, whatever, as long as you're just throwing the football. That's right. Correct. It does not have to be the air raid. All that being said, if you watch State versus LSU, even though I've watched every game A&M's played this year, I'm still not picking State as the favorite over A&M, even at home. I'm surprised that they're the favorite at home. I am too. Surprised. That line might, I think we could get to Friday and it's Texas A&M minus one and a half. Like it'll swing. I could see it swinging. Yeah. I don't know who's betting on Mississippi State as a home favorite after what you saw against LSU. Maybe the thinking A&M got up for this game the last two games. Yeah, I don't know. And and maybe and you, Bama's on the horizon. You can't play worse than you played at LSU. That's really the question as you walk into this week. Was LSU an abnormal performance or is it to be expected against the upper echelon teams this year? That's a that's a good question. I will we'll start. I think you're going to know a lot by 6.30 or 7 o'clock Saturday night about this team. And the rest of the year. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I really do. I, I think you're going to know. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking about a whole lot about this team and program at, at the end of that game, depending on, you know, how it all shakes out. Uh, the show is brought to you by the amazing steaks at Kessler Prime in the Renaissance. Uh, visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. The show is also brought to you by Fleetway Market. We want you to fuel up at Fleetway Market uh, in Gluckstadt, Fleetway Market in Madison, Fleetway Market in Dogwood, Brookhaven, and the other 20-plus locations that they have in the state of Mississippi. Good morning. Welcome in. What a weekend of football. Wow. Tom Luganville on the Yingling Lager guest line at 8.30. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Uh, we'll have the Bank Plus High School Player of the Week at 9.15. Bank Plus High School Player of the Week at 9.15 on 105.9 The Zone ESPN, the Out of Bounds Show. Um, interesting weekend. I guess the team that looked the best was Ohio State. Uh, my number one team in the country is Georgia. My number two team in the country is Ohio State. My number three team in the country is Bama. Now, after that... Uh, 
you know, you, you look at Clemson with Wake Forest, and I know Wake Forest is well coached, but I mean, where do they recruit? 78th? Come on. I mean, does, does Clemson even play a, a top 15 recruiter? No, remember when we did SOS at the beginning of the year, they were like a spot or two behind Ole Miss's strength of schedule. Okay. 49th or something like that? 48th, 49th, 50th? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a weak schedule. Very, very weak schedule. Uh, but that's living right in the ACC. Um, so, yeah, I have... Wake Forest is the last recruiter in the conference, by the way. They're behind Syracuse, Duke, Virginia, and talent composite, according to 247. I'm not buying Michigan. I'm, I'm not buying Clemson. Southern Cal won by three over Oregon State. Kentucky at sevens, a joke. Um, Tennessee is a good football team. Um, Oklahoma State, come on. But NC you, State, do, Pence, what are we doing? Are you gambling on anyone to beat Georgia or uh, Here's the deal. Who is the second? No. Third. Outside of Georgia and Bama, who is the third best team in the Southeastern Conference? You, is it Tennessee? That's my question. Or is it yeah. someone else? Are you sold that Alabama is the second because best Because I team? think if Tennessee and Arkansas played 10 times on a neutral field, that, that it, it would be five and five or six and four. I do not think that Tennessee is like that good, but I think they're good. Correct. The question, here's my question, and this is the irony is you're going to get to see this, which we rarely ever do. Tennessee has to play both Alabama and Georgia. Right. So they're going to answer all the questions. Those questions that we sometimes don't get to answer on the field, Tennessee has to answer them. Right. Because they have to play Alabama. They have to play Georgia. So I think I would have Tennessee at four. They beat somebody. Wait. Oh, four nationally, I mean, not four in the SEC. Tell me okay, what Michigan's yeah, yeah. done. Correct. I'm with you. Okay. Tell me what Clemson's done. Yeah. 100%. Tell me what Kentucky's done. Southern Cal. They haven't yeah. beat anybody. Yeah. Tennessee has Tennessee better resume Tennessee has than a them. win yeah. against a top 10, albeit somewhere 9, 10, 11 recruiter yeah. in Florida. And they won a natural, or a true road game at Pitt. They did. So, I mean, I, look, again, Pitt's not like a elite program, but you had to win on the road, which is a real road game. Right. So there's still teams who have not played real road games. And is Florida State turning the corner? Are Mike Norvell and FSU slowly turning the corner? Hey, they won. Okay? They beat Boston College 44-14. to They beat Louisville. They beat LSU. They beat Duquesne. But uh, they play Wake Forest this weekend on ABC. None of y'all will watch it. Because you'll be wrapping up the old Miss Kentucky game and getting ready for Mississippi State and A and M, but my question is: Can Florida State win this weekend and next over Wake Forest and NC State and set up a big showdown with Clemson at home? At home, FSU Clemson. Can we actually get a big good game in the ACC? We're about to get some really good games in the SEC. Something to think about. Should Florida State be number four in the country? No. Um, and, and why Why are they number 23? Why is Kentucky number seven? Southern Cal number six. Oklahoma State number nine. NC State number 10. FSU is 4-0. That has to do with preseason 
like predetermined ideology, right? That goes yeah. to show you that the pencil pushers in sports media um, have no clue. None. Florida State's 22nd in the coaches' poll and 23rd in the... Uh, they beat LSU, Boston College. You know, come on. What are we doing? They've got a better win than Clemson has on their resume. Yeah. If we're, lo- if we're talking about good wins, Ohio State smacked Wisconsin. I mean, all right, let me let me tell you this, Blake. Michigan's beat Colorado State, Hawaii, yep. Yukon, UConn could not beat Colin. No. All right? They were like a 50-point underdog. Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, yeah. and just got by Maryland. Yeah. Who's coached by Mike Locksley. That's Talia Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. That's to oh, his little brother. To his brother? Talia, or whatever you say. Okay. His name is. Yeah, he followed Locksley there. Okay. Because he could not play at Alabama. Well, Bryce Young's awesome. Yes. So, that that happens. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Michigan has... It, but this is what we go through every year. You get the benefit... Once you establish some level of consistent success, and I use that term loosely, you get the benefit of the doubt heading into the season. It's why Kentucky's there, because over the last couple of years, they've been good to better than more than they've ever been, and so they're getting a little bit of the benefit I'll of the roll. doubt. Michigan gets the same thing. I mean, Michigan was in the playoffs, so they get the benefit of the doubt coming in. Mm-hmm. Clemson has been the only team in the ACC to matter since Jimbo and Jameis won No it. doubt. So they get the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Let's talk about locally. Uh, there was a big discussion last week about playing Ra-Ra and Tulu at the same time. Um, evidently, they're not going to do that. Nope. So it's going to be a staff that wants to be right, you know, instead of, you know, playing the best players. But it did look like they made a concerted effort to get Tulu the football. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess when you're celebrate celebrating him getting six touches um, for 57 yards and a TD special teams, he was two kickoffs for 70 yards. Of course, he had the 42-yarder, Blake. You know, that looked good. It seems like almost every game he rips off one for 30-plus. It's hard to say you don't want to get him the ball more. They just, and I guess this is because this is who Leach is, and why are we shocked at this point in his tenure? He's 20 years in. He's never changed. He's not right. going to change. I don't know why we think he will. It, he His offense is never going to focus on one. Even when they had Crabtree, they threw everybody else the ball, too. Yep. I mean, it's just, you go back and look at their stats. It's like, yes, did Crabtree dominate? Of course, because he was always open. Yeah, but and it was a big 12. But they threw everyone else the ball, too. Right. They just don't do, like, Kiffin schemed up Elijah Moore to the point that it was like two-thirds it of was, the targets. It was were, beautiful. Elijah Moore got two. every For every one that someone else got, Elijah got two. It right? was beautiful. And so they they just said, we're going to give it to Elijah Moore every single game until you stop him, and then we'll go to someone else. Yeah. Whereas Leach's system is just like, hey, everyone run out there, and if you see somebody open, throw him the ball. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I mean, Leach has shown you he's not changing. So, you know. I mean, they started the season running the ball more, and as soon as they got to LSU, they were like, oh, well, this isn't working well. Let's keep throwing it. Uh, it's just not going to be, they're going to be Mike Leach. We have 20 years of data. We can't buck it. It is who it is. Man, Tulu is your, he's your best skill. I, you know, you like some of the things Ra Ra and Ducking do. Um, 
But they catch it, and they're either in the end zone or they're going down. Like, Tulu's the best make a guy miss. And, you know, the clock's ticking. Yeah. He, he's a junior. I guess he he can stay another year, but because he's a true, he didn't redshirt. Gotcha, yeah. Okay, in 2020. But uh, but he got the COVID year, yeah. Right. Yeah. That, look, you got to get him the ball, but they showed you this weekend, I mean, they're going to run the Mike Leach system. Is what it is. I'd rather be right than get the best four wide receivers on the field at the same time. You keep saying the best. I guess the question is, what do they think of them? He should never be on the sideline. How about that? Maybe in the first quarter. I mean, you know, a little bit. As you're trying to get everybody revved up. But, uh, holy Mary Olzap. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck. Rick'sProTruck.com. Also presented by Havana Smoke Shop for all your premium cigars. Tom Luganville coming up next on the Yingling Lager guest line on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. The official truck of the Out of Bounds show, the Ram Truck, Mack Hike and Flowood, MacHikeFlowood.com. Also, the best place for your premium cigars, two locations, Havana Smoke Shop, uh, I-55 North Frontage Road and then Havana Smoke Shop across from Shaggy's at the Reservoir. Good morning. Welcome in. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Our friend Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Yingling Lager guest line. Lugs, good morning, buddy. What's up? Good morning, buddy. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. I've got this... Uh, this A and M Mississippi State game, uh, three o'clock this weekend, and Arkansas A and M. You know, I'm having a beverage. I'm eating a steak. Saturday night, we get back from tailgating after the game, uh, Mississippi State Bowling Green, and I'm watching this game and it's Smash Mouth football and all that kind of stuff. And Arkansas gave away the game, I thought, but it was it was very entertaining and fun to watch. Um, I, I thought the better team lost, but I know A&M has more talent. They're still not playing offense the way that they should play. So as you look at what, but A&M's winning. They beat Miami. They beat Arkansas. They did what they need to do. As you look at that and go five, six days from now into Starkville, Mississippi, what is the key matchup that you're looking for between A&M and Mississippi State? Whether or not A&M will be able to handle the environment and the noise and the quarterback position being what it is for A&M. Cause I agree with you. I just, I don't think they're a very good offensive football team. They might have more talent, but they don't play like it. And I think they're very average at quarterback. And when you go into that environment, especially if you get backed up into that closed end zone, it can really wreak havoc. It can create false starts. It can create procedure issues, communication issues that lead to a lack of execution I'm really, I'm really interested to see how much better A&M can continue to grow because we know what Mississippi State's going to have under center. We, we know what they're bringing to the table and what the challenges are defensively 
for A&M. I, I think this is all about the continued growth of, of Texas A&M on offense. And, and I don't know about you going back to that game this last weekend, but I don't know if I've ever seen a game turn on one play the way that game turned on the, on the fumble and, and, and return from the touchdown, you know, 99 yards the other direction. Arkansas could not recover. They couldn't recover. From no. it. It, it was as if it was as if like that happened and every single, every single moment from that point on Arkansas's focus was, I can't believe that just happened instead of worrying about the next. Play. I, I agree, man. I agree. Um, so with the nice Smith going down for A&M, big time, talented wide receiver, and as you said, Luke's them continuing to try to figure it out on offense. And I know they've got other players than the one I'm about to reference, but it's basically A-chain right now, and that's it. I mean, it, the only other guy that had carries in the game was Max Johnson. I mean, every team right. just about in college football gives it to at least two or two other running backs throughout a game, even if it's just four or five carries combined. So what is... You know, what kind of impact does that have on A&M with the Nye Smith going down, Luke's? Pretty significant because it puts all the weight on, like you said, one player, and then it forces, whether whether Jimbo wants to do this or not, it forces uh, Texas A&M, if they're going to come up with some other wrinkles and some other ways of running the football, it forces them to have to use the quarterback. They're not left with any choice. And, and I don't ultimately think that's what Texas A&M um, wants to be, uh, ultimately. And so when you're looking at, you know, A-Chain's got, almost, you know, what, 160 yards, 8.4-yard uh, average in that game, which was phenomenal. And you have not a single player with a carry aside from Max Johnson. That's concerning. Okay. So 3 o'clock game. You get beat up. I mean, yeah, how, oh. how do you avoid? You're gonna, how do you protect him? Well, you all right, first of all, I'm you saw it. I'm talking the, about H-A. Sure, the the licks that he was taking on Saturday from Arkansas, and you kind of think about that compounded over the next few weeks. They may not have anything left in four weeks. Um, right. So three o'clock game. You've been to start. Well, you've called games there. Like you, yeah. it, there'll be sixty three thousand people there going nuts. Um, they'll have some juice in them and all that stuff. Um, I think the Mississippi State defense uh, lacks the athleticism and speed that they've had the last 10 or 11 years um, since Mullen started there. You know, they've got a couple of good players um, far from... they got a lot of size up front, though. They can beat you up up front. Yeah. So who do you... You going, you going dogs or Aggies? I'm, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and go, and go Bulldogs. I, I think I think Mississippi State will be able to score points, and the question is, with Texas A&M at quarterback, can they keep pace? I think the home field advantage is a big one here. Okay. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds Show and the Yingling Lager Guest Line. Uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss slept walk through their games. Okay, fine. Right, big time. Uh, uh, you know, both of them won by eight against Northern Illinois and Tulsa. Fine. 11 a.m., we call it the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game on this show. Sometimes that actually favors the road team to get up and get. I've talked. I know you've talked to more than I have, but I've talked to coaches for years, and they're like, you know what? It's just better to get up, get them up at seven, eat, start getting to the stadium, and start rolling. Uh, Ole Miss is better, 
but they still have some things that they're trying to work out. So Stoops versus Kiffin, what's the matchup you're looking for in this one? Can Kentucky get back to their run game? Kentucky has virtually no run game right now. It's become all Will Levitt, which is the, the complete opposite of what that program can been built upon, right? It's been physical the offensive line, physical run game, come off and supplement the run game with quality quarterback play. Now, I know Will Levis is a good player, but it's almost like they've come completely away from kind of the whole dance with who brung you mentality. I think they got I think they've got to get back to that. You know, when when in having Ole Miss the last couple of weeks, I, I think Ole Miss defensively will be able to create some some pressure stuff. They'll be able to, I, I think, for – this will be the, the, the defense that they've played to this point in Ole Miss will be a, a group that will be able to put the most pressure on Will Levis of anybody that Kentucky's played to this point. And, um, and that's going to be big because if that happens and Kentucky continues to not be overly um, effective in the run game, that means you're going to have Will Levis hopefully under duress an awful lot of the night. All right. Or the morning, I should say. So you uh, it's, you like Ole Miss in a close one or Ole Miss pulling away? I, um, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not so sure Ole Miss is the better team. Uh, so I actually I would not be surprised to see Kentucky win this game, but I do think it will go late into the fourth quarter. Okay. This is a toss up game for me. Toss up. All right. Uh, Auburn. Let's go to Auburn. Uh, I. I mean. <laughs> I'm not sure they may have fired him on Sunday if he had lost. So, so they Missouri misses the field goal in res, uh, in regulation. Tom from 26. Forget that. Why didn't Auburn kick the field goal to win it? Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, they went they went for it on fourth down on what would have been a 46 yard field goal and lined up in the most obvious we are going to run the ball formation <laughs> in the history of college football. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're terrible in the offensive line. You know you're going to run it because the quarterbacks stink. That might be the worst quarterback room of anybody in college football, right? Mm, mm, mm. And you have this Tank Bigsby player. I feel Tank Bigsby, to me, is the most wasted college football player in America. It kind of reminds me of when Cam Akers had to play behind that horrible offense. Oh. Wow. Right? It's the same. He's just getting lost in the shuffle. How is Robbie Ashford your biggest running threat. Give me a break. Yikes. Okay, so, you know, the guy, you mentioned those two plays, and then the, the play in OT fumbles in, into the end zone. Uh, LSU is still trying to figure it out, but they go. They're pretty good. I know they are. <laughs> They're pretty good. I, I just think that uh, they could boat race Auburn this weekend. Luke's. They absolutely could. And I think Jaden Daniels will be fine. Brian Kelly said he could have come back in the game if they needed him to. But instead, what do they do? They get Garrett Nussmeyer some quality work. He throws three touchdowns. So I, I thought that was really that was smart on Brian Kelly's part. But whatever it is that Brian Kelly did, and I bet you after that Florida State game, he brought that coaching staff in there and that team in there and went scorched earth on all of them and essentially said, this is not how this is going to go here. And that's it. And they responded. You know, like I said, talk, talk about A&M responding. LSU has responded. And don't kid yourself. They played horrible against Florida State. But look out, because Florida State's pretty good. Florida State they are pretty is going to cause some 
they're going to cause some problems in the ACC. And they just keep getting momentum. They just keep getting more confidence. They're the complete opposite of everything we've seen from the last five years down in Tallahassee. I actually have them this week. I got Florida State in, in Wake Forest, 330 ABC, which might end up being the game of the day if Wake Forest can recover from uh, that uh, that actual track meet they were in with Clemson. Yeah, uh, this is going to be interesting to see if FSU can stay clean the next two weeks and then when Clemson goes to Tallahassee, what that looks like. Well, when Clemson goes to Tallahassee, I'm not so sure by the time they get there that Clemson won't be as good, if not the better team. Okay. Excuse me, Florida State. Oh, yeah, I was thinking FSU, right. Yeah. I, I like where Norvell's going. Uh, Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst, ESPN on the Yingling Lager guest line. Uh, Lugs, I had another coach tell me yesterday, um, not many people have the stones to do what Arkansas did and hire a coach and no, you aren't going to win the press conference on announcement day, but hiring the perfect fit for your program and your league. And I know they lost this past weekend, and they, you know, they draw a, a brutal draw with Alabama. But are they capable of getting up off the mat and making this game interesting and fable? It's a great question. We're going to find out because it's very, very similar to what Texas A&M has had to go through since losing to App State. Are you going to feel sorry for yourself and let A&M beat you twice? Or, to your point, are you going to get off the mat, focus on what's next? I I think that they are such a veteran-led, healthy locker room type of group that I don't see them having a problem responding and playing well. I I just don't. I don't think that's in their makeup. their leadership, their head coach, the people that they have, um, in, in whether it's Drew Sanders on defense, whether it's K.J. Jefferson on offense, they're, they're, there's too much of a foundation there. I, I could be wrong. Listen, I, I think they're a really good football team. Do I think that they are a, a football team that's good enough to win the FCC West? No, I don't. Not from a talent perspective. And I think as the season wears on, you're going to see LSU continuing to gain more momentum. One, if not both of the Mississippi schools, may continue to gain more momentum. And it will be interesting five weeks from now to see where Arkansas sits in the standings. Is is Tennessee good enough to beat Bama or Georgia? I don't I don't think so because I don't think they're equipped up front on either side of the ball to the level that Georgia and Alabama is. Now, are they improved in those areas? Yes. And in the offensive line for Tennessee, there's a lot of experience in that group. That, that group has guys that have started since they were true freshmen, guys like Darnell Wright, uh, who was a high-profile recruit at, at offensive tackle. He's been in the lineup since the moment he arrived. So I think that um, they're improved. I still think that Tennessee, to, to, to beat one of those two teams, would need some help. You hear me say that all the time. If you're going to beat those teams, you need to play your best, and the other team needs to help you. So I do think that they're probably put themselves in a position to be in a competitive football game in the second half. Will they have the depth to be able to finish the job? I don't know. I think that's a, a fair question. All right, real quick, I want to go back to A&M Mississippi State. Does MSU have to play their best, and do they need help to beat A&M? I think they need to play their best. I don't know if they necessarily need help. I, I, I think that uh, I think the help that they're going to get is 
playing at home. Okay. Uh, interesting what you just said about Tennessee. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show. Uh, do you think as LSU continues to do their thing and get the reps under these two new systems and so on, I think you're kind of going towards LSU, but is the third best team in the conference behind Georgia and Bama, is it LSU or is it Tennessee? Oh, man. I I want to lean and say Tennessee, but I know Tennessee defensively does not have what LSU has in their front seven. So I'm going to give a slight nod to LSU and the momentum that they're gaining. Okay. Um. If you had to, if you had to put a hundred bucks on it that Harson is still the head coach after the bye week against Arkansas, which way would you go at Auburn? I would say that he's probably not going to be. Yeah, um, I just don't see this thing having a happy ending. Just because the problem is with the problems and the issues that they have, there's no answers. Sometimes if it's a scheme thing or an effort thing or a personnel-based thing or something that you know you can correct, that's one thing. They're not fixing their quarterback problem. And so if that doesn't get fixed, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Mm. All right. Uh, Let's go to recruiting, which you've headed up for 15 years at ESPN. We've got three super recruiters um, that I want to talk about. Um, that I think people question their X's and O's ability or who they surround themselves with. Now, one has just gone back-to-back wins. Cristobal, Fisher, Sark. It's about to get a lot more difficult for Sark in, in another year or two. I don't think Texas and Oklahoma have any idea what it's going to be like to rip off four games in a row in this league and what we've experienced for years. Um who do you have more confidence in as far as the three super recruiters to figure it out and and get the X's and O's part right and and win a bunch of ball games the next few years? Are we are we including Brent Venables in this? Yeah, why not? He's the guy he's the guy that I would say I have the most confidence in. I think he even is. after them losing to K State on Saturday? Yeah, I think as long if they're going to build it up and they're they're getting ready to embark on, on on joining the SEC, he fully knows and is aware of the type of player that they're going to have to have because he's had those types of players at, at Clemson. He is a tireless, relentless recruiter. They're killing it in recruiting right now. Um, I think that that he's probably the most equipped. I think from a conference affiliation standpoint and a marriage between the head coach and the AD and what can be done at this certain place. Mario Cristobal would probably be second on my list, as bad of a loss as that was uh, this past Saturday. I think that the Stars could align there administratively if they decide to make the commitment because they're in a conference where, particularly in their division, they're going to have such distinct advantages. So I think the the path for them is going to be a lot easier than it's going to be for an A&M or a a Texas or or an Oklahoma. All right, ACC-SEC debate. Um, I, it's just, to me, not even close. I mean, you know, we'll see what Florida State does, but Miami just got beat by two touchdowns to Middle Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they just... And, and Clemson looks okay, I think, at best. They're trying to figure some things out. 
Obviously, he's lost some big boy coaches and so on. Um, when when you compare and contrast the two leagues, what do you see? Well, from a talent perspective, Clemson's the only team that you can put in the discussion with an Alabama or a Georgia right now from a roster profile. Okay, and so until that changes, that's kind of the end of the discussion for me. Um, I mean, I I think that LSU would have distinct advantages against the rest of, of the ACC outside of, obviously, the outcome that we saw with Florida State, because I think Florida State is clearly on the rise. Um, I have not seen a team as bad on defense in college football, and I don't know what, since when, as North Carolina is right now. I mean, it is darn right embarrassing what's going on there. And they are so good on offense, and it still doesn't matter. So de- defense matters. You know, people say, oh, well, it's not as big as it used to be. Yes, it is. It, it always will be. And so, but top to bottom, I, you know, who is a Virginia in the, in the SEC right now? Like, I, I think that... Missouri? Nah, I think Virginia's better than Missouri. Uh, I, I really do. I think Virginia's better than Missouri. Um, but that's a great, that's, that's a pretty good comp. I would say that, um, you know, does, does the ACC have a Vanderbilt? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you look at the Atlantic Division. I, I think the reason why the ACC Bo get, is getting some of the love that they're getting right now is it's it's really really good quarterback play. I mean, Jordan Travis is playing out of his mind right now. You've got Sam Hartman playing really really well. Brennan Armstrong at Virginia. Garrett Schrader even at Syracuse. Schrader, baby. Former he's Mississippi light, he's State guy. It up. Yeah, he's he's lighting it up. Um, there's, it's just top to bottom, the quarterback play. I mean, even you know Malik Cunningham, Louisville's not playing great football right now, but very difficult to deal with. So, you know, Devin Leary at NC State, the quarterback position is probably giving more attention to the conference overall than it should, than it maybe deserves. But the the position itself does deserve it. Okay, Auburn, should they go get Hugh Freeze? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a, a move that, that they shouldn't entertain. Um, now, I, I think my, my issue with the Auburn job is would a lot of people say, okay, we're just hiring Gus Malzahn again? What, what, is that how that would be viewed? Um, and, and fair or unfair, I, I can see why people would ask that question. The, the issue with me isn't so much about who Auburn hires. The issue for me is the problems internally with their infrastructure. I mean, that's a job where you're hired to be fired, Bo. Right. And there's, there's way too many hands in the cookie jar. Now you're going to get rich if if your if your job if if your goal is to sign a big money contract and and be fired three to four years down the road and walk away. I mean, think about what Auburn's embarking on right now. They're going to have to. They just paid 21 million to Gus Malzahn. They would have to pay out. Brian Harson plus the new contract on a new guy. Is anybody in that institution going to get the message that maybe we need to start looking inward at why this is happening? Oh, and I, the pe- there's too many people with their hands in the cookie jar. I don't think the Yellowwood guy and those guys are going to do that. Look in the mirror. They're just going to be like, "All right." Then they're going to get more of the same. It, if you're Arizona State, and and let's say. You don't get, or you don't want Harson as your number one guy once he gets let go. 
Do you give a long look to Deion Sanders? Potentially, and I also think you give a long look to Dino Babers if he continues to have a good season because he's coached there before. Syracuse. He has a history. Yeah, he has a history at Arizona State. Um, so that could be one. Arizona State is one of those jobs that should be a good job, but it's not a great job, Bo, because the institution won't allow it to be. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. All right. Um, have a good week, buddy. We appreciate it. Will do. Thank you, man. Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joined us on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. You know the show on Monday is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Uh, local agents, competitive rates, fast-friendly service, favorites.com. Favorites.com. Bundle your car and home today. Save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. As Jake Mangum says, go local. Go with the home team. Tom Luganbill joined us on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. Enjoy lunch today at Bulldog Burger on Lake Harbor in Ridgeland. Back in a second. <laughs> 